time where the phone never stops ringing. Cold calls and spam emails seem to pour in endlessly. And there is always someone that wants to buy you lunch for the chance to make you a client. This is where real salespeople pitch solutions to real problems while we snuff out the BS. Welcome to the Oil & Gas Pitch Podcast with your host, Voron Spivak. Welcome to a new episode of the Oil & Gas Pitch Podcast. I am here at Greentown Labs, who is leading the way in the energy transition. If you haven't ever heard of Greentown Labs, check it out. I'm going to put their information in our show notes. There's a lot of entrepreneurs here, and it's really neat to see what they're doing, the moves that they're making to really help the carbon footprint and Mother Earth as a whole. With that, I will introduce my guest today. I have Tim Sensenig and Rick Gonzalez from TMS First, and we are going to talk about supply chain. We're going to talk ESG. We're even going to talk social responsibility. I'm really excited about getting into this conversation. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, thank you for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. Tim, you are the CEO and founder. Just kind of give me the two-minute sales pitch of who you are, what this company does. Sure. And, sure. And after, the moves that y'all are making. After being in this business over 20 years, you know, how can you complain about being so excited and doing what you really like to do? I mean, a lot of people are probably sitting out there going, oh, yeah, everybody's got a supply chain issue. But the fact of the matter is we brought a new product out over six years ago. It was the right product, the right time, full SaaS, multi-tenant with a BI layer on it. Just super Kicking, you, you know what? Cuss. You want to kick some ass? Yeah, kick, kick some butt, right? <laughs> Just like when we brought out the first all four modes platform back in 1999 and it got sold in 2005 and that turned into a billion dollar product. But at this point, we are so pumped with what we're doing because we're constantly helping people. We're taking those profits, turning them over to help out those in needs. You know, we're supporting resolving the sex trafficking recovery programs to help out women. We're funding endeavors in Asia to help people get out of poverty by providing education, putting yeah, up schools. So that's the thing. This company is really doing good things. We're going to get into it because even the software and everything we're about to talk about is exciting. Rick, tell me just for the viewers, the people that don't know you, what is your role at TMS First and a little bit about your background. I know you're a veteran. I am. So... I'm in charge of all the solutions that are built out globally and anything that's operational within the company. I actually came to work for Tim a couple of years ago and I came to him and I said, look, I want to work for you. And he goes, why? And I said, because you stole my idea and you made it a reality, right? So, you know, if you kind of think about what it is that we're doing systemically, it is a SaaS platform, but it's much more than that. It's a process engine in a workflow engine that alerts people when there's different things that need to be done. So my job is basically to get what they do physically and translate it into what's going to happen in a digital platform. Yeah. One of the videos I saw, you know, doing a little bit of research, I witnessed you talking about your role in the military, that you've been doing logistics really straight out of high school. Uh, well, not straight out of high school. I mean, logistics was kind of thrown at me. It was selected for me, but when I got into it, I understood the importance of it. I mean, anybody that reads Sun Tzu, if you cut off the logistics line, you know, that army is going to lose the war. It's applicable to companies and, and you can see it in, in the world today, right? If their supply chains are cut off, they have no product to sell. They can't help their customers and they go out of business. Yeah. So Rick runs all our DOD program and imagine having a guy who ran global logistics worldwide and distribution for Cisco, CISCO, running a $1.8 billion spend. It's not like 
you know, you got a little bit of talent here. You got a lot of talent. So everybody that's on our team at our level typically has run well over a billion of freight in the past. It's, you know, that's one part of it. We have major operations guys that understand exactly what needs to get done. And then we have this firepower of a development team that just brings everything to the table. Separate like the technology part of what you guys do versus like the logistics, the way most of us think about it. So, I mean, in today's world, everybody is hearing about supply chain and logistics. It's just the top of the forefront of every piece of news media. So the separation of technology really gets down to what is it you're doing besides just talk? So many people are talking about it. It's got to be AI and business intelligence going into these platforms to move freight worldwide. And if you're not at that level, you're dealing with the wrong partners, quite mm-hmm. frankly. Yeah. So that's what's so interesting. The software portion, this is something that you guys, I know we talked a little bit about the environment, about carbon footprint. Let's, for the viewers, for the people listening, let's kind of dive into that first. Yeah. We're driving out 50% reduction in carbon footprint with most of our clients or more. You know, we've been doing this for a long time and we are just grateful to be able to do that for everybody in the world. Yeah. And and really what you're seeing today because of what COVID's done to the world is in the past, it was easier. You just would move from higher footprints of carbon like aircraft and you'd move it down into vessels or ocean vessels, or you would move it down into trucking. But in today's world, it's all about where's the capacity. So in spite of that, we're managing the carbon footprint on and letting people know, hey, look, are you using an old 747 that could be all that's available? Or are you using a newer aircraft that's a little bit more carbon friendly? And we're helping them kind of move the cargo, which is mission number one, because capacity is so limited right now. But we're also letting them know what it is that they're doing for the environment. Okay. So this is where I've done some research. I've seen the video that you did, Tim, on right. visibility and how that's important. I would imagine the strategy of knowing where this cargo is and then the different methods of moving it, this is all part of how your company makes an impact? Absolutely. So optimization is key. And to Rick's point about capacity, you need to fully optimize every asset of a movement at this point. It doesn't matter whether it's a truck, ocean, whatever, air, to really maximize getting goods there. So you are definitely reducing the carbon footprint by optimizing those assets. And from a capacity standpoint, if you're not, you're missing out on major opportunities of revenue, and you're actually creating shortages for manufacturers because you can't deliver the goods on time. Yeah. And I'm going to kind of jump through this. I really don't want to make it like a presentation. (laughs) I want to make it a little bit interactive, but you know, when you kind of talk about our software, we partner with our customers and what it is, is a cloud-based platform and it allows you to automate your workflows. It's a workflow engine and it provides this whole notion of real-time visibility. So, you know, as a planner, as a dispatcher, as an expediter, as a customer, you can actually be automatically notified by the system when something goes awry and it'll let you know, hey, this is happening. It's red, yellow, or green. And I'll kind of get into that in a little bit. And it allows you to react to what's happening out there. Either a hurricane comes in, it shuts down a port. I mean, I don't know, recently the port of Houston was closed down for about 24 hours because of the hurricane that just hit. But those are the types of things that actually delay the cargo getting from where it was picked up from to where it's going. Any platform that you're looking at, 
you should be able to plan your movements, control your movements, see your movements, and then after the fact, measure how you're performing, right? It, was it on time? Was it picked up at the origin at the right time? Was it delivered at the right time? Was it transported within the correct amount of lead time? Because in today's world, having visibility to that lets you plan to a certain degree what it is that should be happening and then manage to those metrics. So what we do is we actually connect an entire supply chain ecosystem and it's many to one, one being the customer and one, the customer sending us information to many. So we get the information and we disperse it out to everybody else that it needs to go to. So I think that, you know, when you're talking about our particular platform, what it allows you to do is plan, control, see, and measure, but it's also an integration tool. It has integrated business intelligence with these workflow engines, what's going on out there and these notifications through the activity of proactive alerts. Okay. So let's dive into some like real life examples of this tailored end-to-end global supply chain platform where you guys can give us an example of how some people are doing it today that isn't the most effective and what those examples are of where maybe cargo is just sitting or maybe there's an alternative route. And then in terms of actually implementing this software, having access to it, how that changes the game. Let's talk about a real-time example. I have 100,000 of these shirts coming in from China. They are being delayed at Long Beach. There's now, on average, over 50 vessels staged just to get into the port. Now, in the meantime, my 50 cousins started ordering these same shirts up in San Francisco, <laughs> right? And D2C is just the strongest thing coming out of this whole thing with COVID and during COVID. And that is direct to the consumer for those of you who don't understand. But while the ship's coming in, you get this massive demand in San Francisco. Well, you need to have a BI layer on your system that automatically has the truck coming down because you're going to reallocate part of that box of that container with 2 million of goods to go right on that truck, get get it up to San Francisco. And if you don't, your competitor will or support it with some other kind of inventory because people are quick to change where they're going to buy something. If they can't get this one, they may go to Mm -hmm. another brand to get it. And that's that and the the sales lost. Mm -hmm. So with 50% is the major target of every manufacturer and retailer and such in this marketplace now, where they want to be with D2C, if you can't react with a BI layer to respond, to deliver to you and I and all our cousins, you're going to fail. So that's what we do that's very unique. Anywhere, any mode, get it there. And to just kind of give you an idea, I mean, you know, there's several customers out there and it doesn't really matter what industry vertical you're in that manage off of spreadsheets or manage off of a older type of platform where they're calling the shipping lines, they're calling the MVOCCs, they're calling forwarders for air to find out where's my stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Because when they find out that something's not there is really the most awful time to find out. It's when the customer's calling you, screaming at you that it hasn't arrived there. Okay, and then, so as far as the companies and the industries that you serve, who are participating in this? Like one thing is obviously merchandise and working with, I guess, clothing manufacturers. Absolutely. What are some other examples of maybe clients that you can share, but also just different industries that a listener can identify as somebody would be great to talk to TMS for. I I would give an example of here, let's talk about something other than the retailers and the manufacturers for a second. 
where a supply chain has totally gone absolutely backwards. So we deal with one of the largest distributors of ExxonMobil chemicals worldwide, Vinmar. So before we came into this pandemic, they were shipping things all over the world to meet the needs. Now there's so much demand on these chemical compounds that hardly anything is leaving the United States. So if you think about this, Vinmar is the fourth largest exporter of containers out of the port of Houston, and now they're bringing stuff back in. So that is an upside down supply chain. Can you flip on the fly and reconfigure the supply chain of a customer like that? Yes. Can you acquire a company? We have another company that's one of the largest distributors of material in oil, water, municipalities, midstream, upstream, downstream. And at times they have over a million SKUs. Okay, here's another problem. How are you going to get the stuff where it wasn't going before? Can you go to any lat long position? Can you track it? Can you get notification where you can't get parts maybe out of Korea or China today? Am I going to get them somewhere else in the world? And can I still show it coming inbound? Mm. So I'm not shutting down somebody else's manufacturing plant. I'll give you another example. We're quite aware of a resin manufacturer shuts down one of the largest manufacturers of washing machines and appliances because they can't get the resins there. So our system gives those alerts, lets them know exactly where the material is coming out of the back end of the manufacturing facility and when it's going to arrive there to keep their manufacturer running constantly. So some of the industry vectors that we're in, of course, we stated retail, Department of Defense, we've got bulk, we've got chemicals, we've Mm -hmm. got oil and gas, we've got high tech. We're actually dabbling quite a bit right now into automotive. So, you know, it, it goes across the gamut because at the end of the day, a supply chain is a supply chain. Really what changes is priorities, origins and destinations, and how it is that you're moving it. And you have to have the ability to do that to support the customer on a platform such as this one. That's great. Now, you guys were recently at a trade show. I know you flew in town just yesterday. Can you just kind of walk me through, like, what are those conversations you're having where you're talking to people that are obviously doing this right now without you? Like, where's that hot button where you guys find out that there is a part or two of what TMS first provides that really takes them to the next level? The biggest thing that I heard yesterday or actually the day before yesterday, it really stuck with me, was, you know, when the customer is looking at us, I'll show you a couple of screenshots right now. They go, oh my God, you can predict when something's going wrong and you can predict when it's going right. And by the way, you can load all of my historical data so that I can do analyses to see actually what's going on and where it is that I need to go to better. So you're talking about that predictability. It's not only that you can see it, it's just the system's notifying you and letting you know it's coming two weeks from now, right. not today. Right. Mm. And then the company can make adjustments. Right. And it, it's all about customer experience. So it goes back, whether I'm ordering a valve or I'm ordering the shirt that I have on right now, how is my experience as a customer? How is my experience at a deconsolidation center of goods coming in and how I can optimize everything coming through there and get it right to my end customer as fast as possible. If I'm buying a valve and I'm in the industrial business, 
How is my experience in receiving the raw goods to make the valve? How is my experience in delivering that valve then to my customer before they have a maintenance or an MRO problem and they go, wow, you guys lit me up an hour before it was arriving here. You lit me up three hours before that. It can go to anybody's phone, any notification, anywhere in the world, however you want to be notified. So what's kind of interesting is as you guys walk me through this, and again, I'm not like a logistics expert. This is kind of, I'm learning this as you guys share it with me. It also seems like if somebody has that kind of ability to forecast timing of delivery, they can be proactive and use this tool of knowing it takes 14 days to do something to start moving product before they might even need it at the moment. Right. Reason to that for that is, is just because they want to get ahead of the lead time of transporting from an overseas location to here. Right. I mean, if just read the news, Vietnam shut down because of COVID, you know, and there's other ports that have been closed down in airports where they're not moving things or factories that are shut down. So it allows you to flex and go to an alternative mm-hmm. and move those. But if you have the ability to see what's going on, you can make adjustments and take a higher inventory position to kind of smooth out the impact of that inventory. Yeah, no, by the way, you can't get a vessel out of Asia right now. Every single thing is taken. We've been in contact with like Hyundai. Every single ship is gone. The only ships that you can try to get maybe is 1,000 to 2,000 TEUs. And what that means is about 450 to 950 containers you can get. And that's going to cost you even on a charter rate, $250,000 a day. So if you're not optimizing that and know that you can bring that in time to meet demand, that's a hell of a risk of taking of putting up $5 million in cash just to get a ship to move 500 containers in this market. That's incredible. I know there's another slide, but I can't help but ask this. But there's a term I hear loosely spoken of where they call it like the Amazon effect. The idea that somebody can just go onto an iPad and like know different, like where their delivery is. In the world of logistics and supply chain, what is happening now with people that like is what you supply through this offering and somebody being a partner and client of yours, does it truly give them this ability to really know where everything is in real time? Like is real time really real time? So real time to us is we define it. We don't just use that term loosely because a lot of people will use that. You know, what the heck is that? Real time to us is anything less than five seconds. If it's not less than five seconds, it ain't real time. It's somebody's smoke and mirrors. Mm. So the reality is we want to push that data through as fast as possible. We're on one platform, one true source of data. And that's a very key definition there, true source of data. You know, a lot of people are connecting to all kinds of different partnerships and That's slowing it down or they got bad data cleansing through it. We have everything on one platform, everything directly connected through APIs first, EDI is secondary, and that way it can be effectively moved and react as fast as possible. Yeah. So kind of let me just real quick panacea of what an Mm -hmm. ecosystem is. You're buying something or you're making something. It's being picked up. It's putting on a train, plane, or a vessel, or a truck. It's being moved to a destination. From there, it can be sorted, and then it can go to either directly to a customer or it can go to another staging location that eventually you'll get it into the hands of the customer. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you've got the MVOCC or the broker or the freight carrier. Yeah. They're invoicing you, right? And then you pay them. So and in a lot of cases, a lot of companies have multiple pieces of software that are enabling all this activity, some of that software could be Excel 
And I think, you know, everybody out there in the world of logistics knows that Excel is a powerful tool that a lot of people use, Mm -hmm. right? But what this platform does, whether you use it or not, you've got the capability to receive all this information that'll let you know what it is that's supposed to be moving. So a sales order or a purchase order. Then you've got the visibility of when it gets picked up and then when it gets delivered. And then you also have the ability to say, am I paying the amount of money that I should be? So, you know, if you're a trucker, I send you a rate confirmation. Yeah, Rick, I'll do it for a hundred bucks. Not in today's world, but I'll do it for a hundred bucks, right? And then you bill me 200 bucks. Well, that's not what we agreed upon mm-hmm. when you took this load. So the system allows an emission to the AP saying, don't pay this. Let us go back to the carrier and get this resolved. So, you know, to Tim's point, you're tentacling into all this activity, you know, the manufacturer, the suppliers, the transportation companies, the vessels. And I'll show you a little bit more Mm -hmm. of this here in a second. And you're using this information to make decisions on the spot because the system's telling you it's not going to be there. It will be there. Wrong price, correct Mm -hmm. price, too expensive on the mark. This is your contracted rate. I mean, and I know that I'm putting out a lot of words out there, but you know, you guys out there that are in this business that we're in understood everything that I just said. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And to put it in perspective, okay, we have a customer that's done over 350 air charters in the last 12 months. So most people would think listening to this, if they're not in supply chain, oh, that means I'm going to get it instantaneously. No, the examples are a lot of air charters, not a lot, some air charters that went into China had to come back out empty because they couldn't get the freight to the plane. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was very common. And then the other problem is you think it's going to land basically at your office. So a lot of air freight takes eight days to get to know where, you know, where it needs to go. So a lot of people just think, oh, it'll be there next day. No problem. Just like a FedEx package. So those other key parts of loading, make sure assets are there and the full visibility of really making it happen and executing are key. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will play their visibility but they're not executing and it's taking a lot longer to get that package or that product there. So as an example, what's happening at the destination gateways, which is where the aircraft lands or the destination ports is the stuff gets there and then it's stuck because they're not allowing crews like they used to, to go out and do the work that they're supposed to, or people are just staying home. They don't want to go into work for whatever reason. And the material is actually sitting there getting demurrage at the port. So basically the container just sits there. And at the gateway, they're putting it on the tarmac or near the tarmac. So it's not under a roof or an enclosed structure right. and the stuff is getting damaged. Mm. So think about electronics getting rained on or that shirt that you're wearing getting stained and rained on and wet and then, you know, getting damaged before you ever even buy it. I'm a CFO, whether it's manufacturing or oil and gas, I'm a global company. What are like the top three things you would say as far as financially, what I can expect from doing business with you guys? Well, since I originally came from finance before I started doing this 20 <laughs> years ago, our ROIs can be an immediate P&L trade swap day one. Mm. Our ROIs are typically less than 30 days. And that's all about getting it in there. And people will say, well, but the prices are going up of freight. That doesn't mean that we don't execute and make you more efficiently and cover a lot of other costs immediately to bring that ROI, which we do. 
Yeah. So value add comes in from better productivity. So, you know, you're hearing out there rumblings of machines are replacing people. Well, what this system does is it replaces redundant tasks and it lets your crew focus on what's important. It also ensures that you're using, there's no contract leakage. That means that between you and your carriers, you have a price that's set. It's not allowing your people to pick somebody else if they do have the capacity to move it. It also allows you to do rate shopping. So let's say that you have to go out of the market, you've got a brand new lane, and you don't know what this costs. It allows you to look at multiple carriers, Mm. and it lets you pick the best service level at the right price. So, you know, in today's world, there's so much competition for the capacity. I mean, look, three years ago, $4,000 of container, an ocean vessel, I thought was outrageous. You know, you would pay a half a million dollars to charter 747. Come into today's world, and I was just looking at this when, when we were mm-hmm. when, when you guys were setting up. I was getting coached for eighteen thousand five hundred dollars, twenty three thousand dollars for a freaking container, mm-hmm. right? And then when you look at a charter like a seven four seven today, you're looking over a million dollars, maybe right. a million and a half, right? right so, so when you kind of look at that, to Tim's earlier point, if you can't maximize the utilization of that container and that aircraft. You're not only playing double, triple, quadruple, but if you're shipping air, let's say you're shipping a container that's half full, you're paying 10 times what you were paying a few years ago. Right. What does that do to your ROI? All right, so that's powerful. So let's go into the next slide. Okay. So what I'm going to show you guys is in a day in a life of a dispatcher or a planner or, or something like that. And really what this map does, and it looks, well, you know, it's a heat map. You can see some circles are smaller, some circles are bigger, and you can see the gray ones, which are the destinations and the colored ones, which are the origin. If I were in the system right now, I could cursor over any one of those and it would let me see all the orders, what's on time, what's late and by origin or destination. So as an analyst, I can actually go in there and I can see immediately what's going on. This next view is a view that allows you to see all your air transit and lets you see all your ocean transit. It lets you see that there's a lot of stuff that's going okay and I don't have to mess with it, but it also lets you see that there's about 19 orders in the aggregate that I need to do something with because those orders can either be red it's gone sideways completely, or it can be yellow. It's about to go sideways. So Rick, this is very interesting. I mean, to see the data like this seems very helpful. In these companies that you guys work with, who are, like, what are the titles? What are the job descriptions of the people that are actually utilizing this? And then what is the size? Like, who needs to feel like they're just too small to work with TMS first? And how large do you go? Like, how big of a company is leveraging your capabilities? We typically deal with anybody who's dealing with a dispatch all the way to at least a chief supply chain officer or senior vice president or executive vice president. We deal with it on a regular basis. And the system is so easy to use that it can float between that whole layer. Plus, you have all these KPIs and different kinds of reports that we haven't even gotten into yet that go that helps the guy more effective at a dispatch level and also the gentleman at the top or lady that's a senior vice president seeing what's really happening. Kind of like that heat map that Rick was just showing. If I have a problem in Vietnam, I can go in and see where the problems are exactly with Vietnam. Is it with a specific freight forwarder? What's the performance of that freight forwarder? Mm. You know, in this market where you need capacity and you need execution flying at a seamless event, 
which is not going to happen. You got to be able to react on the fly and hold these guys accountable to get stuff there. Otherwise, back to the ROI problem, you will not recognize your revenue, Mr. CFO, this quarter, the most important thing to get done. And then just to give a little bit more color, we have a guy whose name is John Love and he's British and he loves to talk about personas. So what's your role in the company? All of these dashboards can be tailored to a dispatcher, an expediter, a finance person. That could be AP or it could be AR. It could be the CFO. It can be a, a vice president or whatever. The more cartoonish it gets, it goes to the more executive levels. Right. And the more well, detailed what, it gets, well, it gets to the person, that's what I was thinking. Right? It's like, this is something that I could see people who often aren't engaged in what's going on in their company's supply chain could suddenly say, this is actually a great tool to you know, have eyes wide open what's going on in these different departments in their company, no matter where they're located. And what's really cool is that if I'm a dispatcher and I get a call from my VP, hey, this big customer, where's my stuff? It's gone sideways. I can go in here and I can use the map. I can use detail. I can use whatever. I can take a snip of it. I can populate it to a slide and answer him almost instantaneously. Wow, incredible. Right? Yeah. So what else do you have? This is actually the way we track vessels. And in this particular one, we're looking at a region with all the vessels that are in the ocean. But if you're looking for a, your containers on this vessel, the SSS Minnow, and it'll draw a circle around it. And basically, we get updates on the geographic location of that vessel every three to 20 minutes. It depends on, you know, how it's being emission. Now, the reason that's important is because I've got a planned arrival date. Mm -hmm. And if I see delays, it'll give me a forecasted arrival date based on what's going on. I'm sitting out in the port. I'm stuck here. I can't get offloaded, so I can't make the next port, which is the port that you're going to. Mm -hmm. So this actually gives you that forecast of it's on time or it's not, mm. or it's ahead of time, right? Yeah, the last thing I'd like to talk about, so ESG, any other type of metric, right? This is the type of screen that would allow you to do that. There's parameters that you can pick on the side and it tells you, and you can filter this however it is that you want to see it. And this is based on how it is that you do metrics. So, and what it does is it'll do running averages. It'll do the actual direct or absolute numbers, however it is that you want to see it, but it lets you evaluate what's going on. Mm -hmm. So, right. you know, you could use a view like this. It could have, you know, your emissions as one of these filters and it can do the calculation based on boat, based on aircraft, but it's going to be emissions per kilo, right? That's the way it's mm -hmm. going to kind of work. So that's great. So ESG is this environmental play. It's the social responsibility. Yeah. You guys have been doing this right now. What I notice with my role at Ally Energy and the work that I've been doing with the Oil and Gas Global Network, right. this is something that's, you know, there's a lot of companies right now just trying to figure it out. They're trying to understand how to convey their responsibility or at least show the public and the regulators what they are doing for carbon footprint. You guys have been doing this. I'd like to talk about two things. One is the carbon footprint of a company that decides to work with you and that benefit, mm -hmm. but then also get into what you guys are doing with Red M and Redeemed, sure. which is, you know, I see your name again and again and again. Anytime I see something that's battling sex trafficking, it usually has TMS first somewhere involved in it. Yep. So I'll first touch on uh, some part of the ESG. We actively are required, even with certain clients, that we have to file certain logs to show exactly how much we are helping them save in climate control and anything related to the climate, anything related to carbon 
emissions. So they actually see the reduction measurement that we're making an impact in the filing that we do. So we can do that for any customer today. And it's very important for that customer to show the world Mm -hmm. those types of numbers. And that's not something we just started yesterday. We've been doing this for 20 years and we will continue to do that. Yeah, I mean, I think that really what's important is, is typically in a company, if you don't have tools to do it, what you'll be doing is going to your carrier base, to your suppliers and asking them to provide you with the data, right? In this situation, if you know the weight of it, what type of vessel it is, is it an aircraft truck? Is it going train? You can actually calculate your emissions per kilo and communicate that back to the customer and they can do their arithmetic. Again, with COVID, it's not as easy to take things off the air and put it on a more emission-friendly mode of transit in today's world just because of what's going on. However, it does let you see, and if you're planning, like Tim pointed out earlier, and you're putting more stuff into an aircraft, maximizing the capacity of that or a container, you're actually lowering it given the constraints that you're given right now. Just take a look at next here. Their filings are all over the place about how much reduction they're doing in emissions. We are part of that group and helping that customer execute that every single day. Mm -hmm. So they wouldn't be working with us if we wouldn't be helping them execute that in a big way. So on to your point about CSR, you know, this is just another thing that we have always taken this on. So, yes, I decided to get on the board of Redeemed and Red M and all these other great things, including the TMS foundations, because that's the way our business operates. We are very active in making things happen in the marketplace that's going to help others. And we don't do it self-fulfilling as a promotion. Our company has over 85% women. We did not go out and do that just because of what's going on. We did that because... We found strong talent with women within our organization over in our operations in India and also in Philippines and anywhere throughout the world. So we are here to help do that on a regular basis and execute there. On Redeemed, Redeemed, we're on that board. It is the most successful recovery program in the United States for recovering from sex trafficking, bar none. So we put a a pile of our profits towards that. We put a pile of profits towards Red M. Red M supports 10 different organizations out there to help solve sex trafficking and support those people. And for those of you who are not familiar with it, this is the second largest business out there to drug trafficking. And yes, they come in and they go after four-year-old kids and try to throw them into sex trafficking. And there is over four executives in the industry that had their daughters recovered from sex trafficking. So it's a real thing, it's a real problem, and it's all over the world, and we're here to solve it every day of the week. So while I'm not a logistics expert or somebody who writes code or any of this stuff that you guys do, the one thing we really have in common is we're all dads, and I know you guys have kids, and you know, of course I have my daughters, and to know what you guys are doing and how you're making a difference like that. I think this is the kind of company any of us would want to do business with. I believe if you are right now, supply chain is a very large part of what you do and how your company finds the line items on the expense sheet. This is a great place to start. If somebody wants to talk to you guys, just to, you know, how long does it take to get an idea of what it is to work with you to get a proposal and ultimately start a relationship if somebody finds value in that? 
So I think that it can be as fast as the customer drives it, right? You know, we have a lot of customers that come to us and they're doing RFPs or RFIs and they're trying to investigate what's going on. Once the decision is made to go with us, it's all about the project plan. As a matter of fact, if there's a delay in the implementation, it has to do with the customer's resources and that they can't bring, you know, maybe they're doing an enterprise changeover or an upgrade or something and the resources are tied up doing other things. So, you know, we can stand up something within 30 days or we can stand up something within six months. The cadence is dictated by the customer. Mm. Yeah, we, we took a customer alive in 120 countries in 90 days or less, the bottom line. So if the customer can go fast, we're here to go fast. And, you know, it's usually to Rick's point, it's the delay of dealing with the rollout globally where you got to get your organization in sync. I mean, after going through COVID, you know, people in Europe always expected to take off in the summer. Now they want a break because everybody's so exhausted. Wow. So we try to work with the customer because of these issues, because we know everybody is working so hard to keep their supply chain going. So, you know, we'll work with that organization, but we won't slow you down. That's great. So with that, we're going to close this episode out. Rick Gonzalez, Tim Sensenig, thank you. If you guys work with TMS First, you're actually going to talk to them. Highly suggest you reach out as dads. And you know, it is, it's not just about our kids, but our kids' kids and so on. So the environmental factor and the ability to actually do something great for Mother Earth is a big deal to all of us at OGGN. And it means a lot to us just as, you know, civilians, right? So Thank you so much. And that is an episode. See you on the next one. Thanks, Warren. Thank you. Check us out next week for another witty and sometimes spicy episode of the Oil & Gas Pitch Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.